This ministry has been made available by Kenneth Higgins Rama Bible Training Center, Nigeria. Uh, do a brief recap of the things we saw earlier on. Well, we began to look at the subject of biblical prosperity on Sunday evening. And um, we started by talking about the fact that Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. Amen. We saw that in Galatians 3.13. And then we saw that the curse of the law is threefold. The first part of that curse is spiritual death. The second part of that curse is sickness and disease. And the third part of the curse is poverty. So Christ has redeemed us from the curse of poverty. We also saw from 2 Corinthians 8.9 where the Bible says we know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Although he was rich, yet for our sakes he became poor, that we through his poverty might become rich. We saw that it's the will of God for us to prosper materially and financially. Poverty is not a blessing. Poverty is a curse. And Christ has redeemed us from the curse of poverty. And then we looked at qualifications for walking in prosperity. First, we saw we need to put first things first. And esteem earthly things lightly we must give the word of god first place second we saw that if we're going to prosper we must be willing and obedient willing and obedient obey god's plans and purposes for our lives obey his word walk in the light that we have received of him amen willing and obedient and then oh someone can obey god but obey god unwillingly we are to obey him willingly praise god and then we saw also number three we need to renew our minds with the word of god to think in line with god's word many times in this area of prosperity our thinking is is funny you know sometimes people think that uh, god doesn't want us rich god doesn't want us to have money praise god god wants us rich it's his will that we prosper it's his will that we prosper amen and um, we need to renew our minds to think in line with God's word along that line. And then um, we uh, also looked at our authority in the area of finances. That we've got authority and we can claim what we need in the name of Jesus. We can tell the devil to take his hands off of it. And we can tell the ministering spirits to go forth and cause the money to come. And then we finished on Sunday night talking about the Bible way to release faith. How faith is revealed in word and in action the primary way for us to release our faith is through words is through words jesus said in mark 11 23 that he shall have whatsoever he saith if he believes that the things he saith shall come to pass so we looked at that on sunday and then um, yesterday we started off by talking about the purpose of prosperity why does god want us to prosper why do we want to prosper well God wants us to prosper primarily because of the gospel, for world evangelization, to take the gospel out. Yes, God is our father. When we're adequately catered for, it makes his heart glad. He's not an irresponsible father. He's the one that said that he that doesn't provide for his own, especially those of his house, he has denied the faith and is worse than an infidel. Well, we are his own and God is not an infidel. Amen. God is going to take care of us in grand style. But you see, the purpose of it is not just so we could line our pockets, live in big houses, you know, drive big cars. Even though big house doesn't intimidate God. Anyway, in heaven, the streets there are of gold. 
there are mansions there so money doesn't doesn't um, ruffle his feathers the cattle on a thousand hills belong to him the gold and the silver belong to him he is a rich god praise god but you see he wants us to put things in proper perspective it's the course of the gospel and then um we looked about tithes and offerings we saw that the bible says you should follow in the steps of faith of our father abraham bible says slothful but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promise we saw a comparison uh, and a contrast between how israel tithed to levi and how abraham tithed to melchizedek we saw that uh, we shouldn't tithe in the new testament as a slavish duty we shouldn't tithe out of fear or out of guilt but i do believe we should tithe by faith amen and we endeavor to establish that from god's word is there a blessing for tithing there is praise god there is if you don't tithe in the new covenant will you go to hell for it no you won't we are not under the curse amen there's no curse for not tithing however there's a blessing that comes with tithing which we can create and besides just being responsible in your local church to be committed to the financial uh, uh, uh the financial state of that assembly the out that assembly the time belongs to the local church and um we talked about that quite some and then we said that people can give just for selfish reasons we shouldn't do that we should give out of a heart of love because we want to obey god because we want to see the great commission uh fulfilled and we want to see the church continuing in its mission and also because we want to see the needs of other people met and lastly we should mix faith in our giving and expect a harvest but if we put expecting a harvest first that wouldn't be the right perspective praise god and then we went on to talk about giving and receiving the law of sowing and reaping it's a principle in the bible the bible says he that sows sparingly shall reap also sparingly he that sows bountifully shall reap also bountifully so it's a biblical principle praise god it says give and it shall be given unto you good measure pressed down shaking together running over shall men give into your bosom the bible says the same measure you meet out will be measured to you again the bible says the liberal soul shall be made fat so we looked quite some uh, at that how we're to give based on god's word god's word talks about tithes god's word talks about offerings god's word talks about uh giving to those in need amen as you have ability taking care of your family of course and then giving uh as you have ability to those in need you don't need a leading to do that god's word has already instructed us to however there's also the place where in addition to what god's word tells us sometimes the spirit of god may specifically lead us praise god to give and what should we do we follow his leading and what happens uh god always blesses us for obeying his word the real greatest harvest to our giving is not what we get back the real greatest harvest is to see lives transformed as a result of our giving nothing beats that praise god and like we said what determines good ground is not the ground that i give and i get the most out of it's the ground that i give and um, as a result of my giving to that ground it does the greatest good for god's kingdom for instance i would think twice about tithing to a church that says speaking in tongues is of the devil i'll think twice about doing that i'll think twice about tithing to an assembly 
that says that divine healing is not for today i don't very much think i want to do that because then anybody who dies as a result of such teaching i help them die yeah i kill them i was a part of their being dead i supported that kind of a message so give amen you should be a part of a local assembly that believes the bible praise god and of course remember we can disagree without being disagreeable amen but there are certain things that we shouldn't compromise there are certain things that are vital that are key then um today i want to start by us looking at um the issue of avoiding abuses false practices and extremes that's what uh, we want to look at in the first hour today avoiding abuses false practices and extremes avoiding abuses false practices and extremes and then we're going to take uh, some of these things now one thing is this in the area of um, fundraising for ministry for the ministry it's one where we have to be careful to be ethical we have to be ethical yeah should a pastor be ethical in the way he raises funds in the church sure if the only thing you teach on is about giving and about giving and about giving you're going to put your people off they're going to think all you're about is how to get their money from them just to finance your lifestyle that's what they're going to think uh, intelligent people will think that way and i, I wouldn't blame them so we want to be careful not to uh push anything to an extreme and put people off no let's present a balanced message from god's word now what about on the field as an minister you know we ought to be also careful in the way we raise money we have to be i remember one church i went to preach for a member there wanted to meet with me and um you know with the pastor's permission he did and this is what he said he said he wanted to start supporting me or sending me something personally on a regular basis i said um i told him that i really won't be comfortable with that that he should tithe to his church he said it's not his tithe that he already tithes to his church i said all right if it's it, it not your tithe you're already tithing to your church it's an offering right he said yes i said what about you giving it to your church he said look i already give offerings to my church it's not my tithe it's not my offering to my church i said but it will be taken away from what you give to your church really it he almost felt like why is this guy standing in my way i say god told me to give to you and god told me to be giving to you why are you trying to stop me you see i had to be careful about doing that eventually his pastor had to talk with me his pastor told me he said you see that brother i know him look if he does that i'm fully in support of it it's not taking away from this church it's not undermining what we're doing in any way i almost the pastor almost came to the point of insisting that i should please let him do it you see that sure beats you know you could go to a church as an itinerant minister and um, you just start get some big pockets you know there's a way some of these things dress the kind of shoes they wear kind of wristwatches they have and just target the guys that seem to have some box and you have prophecies for those ones right you know you know we plenty rascals and crazymatics we know how to do some of these things isn't it yeah you know bless our hearts bless our hearts bless our hearts you know it's not right is it no it's just not right 
you know and then um I, someone called me one time who was a member of a church talked about the guest minister they had and the guest minister somehow got her number and started talking to her about sending her tithe to him that's unethical that couldn't be right that couldn't be right you know that just couldn't be right praise god so we want to make sure we're ethical in the way we about these things and we do the right things praise god we don't want to do something that that hinders the cause of christ we don't want to do something that hinders the cause of christ so we want to make sure we are above board we walk in love we do what is right we want to comport ourselves in such a way that we can't be accused of being money-minded we can't be accused of taking advantage of people because love wouldn't do that another thing is this sometimes people think that financial prosperity is a sign of spirituality you know look uh, deuteronomy 8 18 it's god who gives you power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant one shade of meaning that some people have brought out about that word establish is the word confirm to confirm the covenant so some stretching that a little far makes it look like wealth is is a sign of the fact that you're walking with god now is that true well wealth could be a sign of the fact that you're an armed robber or you're a 419 trickster fraudster that could be why amen so to say that financial prosperity is a sign of spirituality is to push it too far is to push it too far that, that couldn't be correct yes can god prosper us materially he can can he prosper us financially he can and he wants to but wealth financial wealth of itself is not necessarily a sign of spirituality proverbs 10 22 says the blessing of the lord make it rich and he added no sorrow to it so yes god can bless us but there's a whole lot in scriptures about us being careful about money too you know the bible says in first timothy chapter 6 first timothy 6 from verse 6 it says godliness with contentment is great gain isn't it for we brought nothing into the world and it's certain we can carry nothing out and the bible says and having food and raiment let us be there with content but they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare and into many foolish and harmful lusts, which drown men perdition in destruction and perdition then verse 17 says charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded not trusting on certain riches but in the living god amen who giveth us richly all things to enjoy so god's word says there that gain you know is not uh godliness rather godliness with contentment is great gain so to say that wealth of itself is a mark that god is with a person it's not true it's not true it's not true amen for instance what about proverbs 15 16 proverbs 15 16 says better is little with the fear of the lord than great treasures and trouble therewith isn't it proverbs 16 8 better is a little with righteousness than great revenues without right first one proverbs 15 16 then this was proverbs 16 8 proverbs 28 6 proverbs 28 6 the bible says better is the poor that walketh in his uprightness than he that is perverse in his ways though he be rich is that also in the bible 
Yeah, we just read it. We just read it. So God is more interested in our heart. In our heart living, in, our, in us living for him, in us serving him. Yes, does he want to prosper us? He wants to. But we need to have the right attitude and the right perspective about wealth and about money. It's what is money? It's a tool. Tool to be used for what? For the propagation of the gospel. And then another thing we must never forget is that prosperity is relative. To somebody, prosperity means he has a bicycle. Everybody else walks. Prosperity, some people mean they have a roof over their head and they are not under the bridge. So it's relative. Now, does God want us rich? He does. What does rich mean? Does it mean we'll all be millionaires? No. But rich means a full supply. Rich means abundant provision. That's God's best. And we can all be provided for. Amen. But we should uh, not get to the place where we're ready to get money by any means. Even if questionable. No, we shouldn't. And you know, sometimes some of these teachings, the moment we begin to emphasize that, that you're wealthy shows that God is with you. That you're doing well financially shows that you're making progress in your work with God. Then some people who know that they're not living right will do anything to make people think that God is with them. They'll cut any kind of corners, do any kind of thing, just so that they can seem to get ahead financially. And just so that people can think that they are okay. Amen. Well, another area where there could be some abuse is in this issue about giving to get. Giving to get. Now, what does the word of God say? Luke 6.38, give and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. So yes, when we give, we can mix faith with our giving and expect a harvest. But if the sole reason I'm giving is because I want to get then I'm not giving with the right motive. 1 Corinthians 13, 3. Though I give my goods to feed the poor, and I give my body to be burned, and I have not love, it profits me nothing. So the motive is just as important. In fact, it's more important than the action with God. So just giving because I want to get is not the right reason to give. And in actual fact, it will hinder me from getting the way I should have gotten if I did it with the right heart. And sometimes, you know, just giving just because of a, uh, and having our focus on what we get out of the giving corrupts the very nature of the giving. Amen. Our heart attitude should be, even if I don't get anything out of this, even if nothing comes to me in return, as long as somebody's life is blessed, as long as I'm able to further the course of the gospel, I'm thrilled to be able to give. That should be our heart. Not just because we want to get. You know, thank God for the faith message. Well, you see, faith works by love. We need to have strong faith teaching. But believe me, we need to have stronger love teaching. Otherwise, we're just going to just try to heap stuff on ourselves and heap stuff on ourselves and heap stuff on ourselves and heap stuff on ourselves. And that's not the essence of it. Praise God. Well, something closely related to giving to get is the issue of naming your seed naming your seed you know issue of naming your seed and um they they go hand in hand you know sometimes people talk about the widow of Zarephath, and that you know god told that widow that so that she can get her need met she give to elijah first right but when jesus was reporting that story in luke chapter 4 
Jesus said there were many widows in Israel in the time of Elijah, but unto none of them was he sent, save unto Sarepta, to that widow woman. And then he says again that there were many lepers in Israel in the time of Elisha, but unto none of them was Elisha sent, save unto Naaman, who was a Syrian. Now, what was Jesus saying there? Jesus was simply saying that Elijah was specifically sent to that widow woman. Just like Elijah was sent to that widow woman. Just like Elisha was sent with a word to Naaman. Listen, they were manifestations of the Holy Ghost. You don't build a doctrine on manifestations of the Holy Ghost. To try to build a doctrine on how that widow was provided for is for me to also say, let's go to River Jordan. Let's get some water from Jordan. I'll open a swimming pool at the back of my house. I'll put some of that water from Jordan there. And anybody that has leprosy, I'll print a card. If you have leprosy, come and dip inside this water seven times and you'll be fine. Will that be correct? No, it won't be correct. That was just something that the Spirit of God led Elisha to tell Naaman to do. It was a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. In the same way, Elijah telling that widow woman to do what she did, it was a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. We can't build a doctrine on a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. Otherwise, I'll just say, well, if you are blind, you know, I'll look for clay soil and I'll be spitting on it and I'll be, you know, I'll mix it together. I'll put it in your eyes. Then I'll take some water from pool of siluam. I'll put it somewhere and I'll say, go and wash in that water and your blind eyes will open. But that's not true. That was a manifestation of the Holy Ghost. We can't build a doctrine on a manifestation. It's not clear. So we can't push. We must be careful to rightly divide the word of God. We can't push a truth too far. You see, error is not necessarily outright lies. Sometimes an overblown truth becomes a lie. Amen. Sometimes just stretching some things too far. Then we stretch it too far. Praise God. Now, talking about naming your seed. What's naming your seed? Naming your seed is, and I've heard, you know, some of the people that preach these things are very good people. They love the Lord. And I'm not speaking disparagingly of them in the least. But to say that anytime I want to give, I should target something I want to receive. And I should give that seed I'm giving an assignment. And I should give every seed an assignment. That's really seeing giving as a means of getting solely. Now, will God bless me for giving? He will. But if I'm not careful, my motive for giving will get corrupted. My motive for giving will get corrupted. To get corrupted. So to say, I should give everything. I, anytime I'm giving something, it's for something. Anytime I'm giving something, it's for something. It means really, all I'm giving, the only reason I'm giving is because I want to get. I don't care whether anybody is blessed or not blessed. As long as I get back. I remember 1 Corinthians 13, 3. Though I give my goods to feed the poor, I give my body to be burned, and I have not love, it profits me nothing. So that can easily get into selfishness. Amen. Praise God. We should give because God's word says to give. Now, are there times when, let's say there's an extra need, or there's a need you're faced with, and you just feel impressed in your heart, well, God, I have this extra need. I'm going to give something extra. Trusting you for supply. God could deal with you like that. And that's okay. But when it now becomes, every time I want to give, okay, what's, what's this one for? This one is for shirt. That one is for trouser. That one is for car. That one is for house. That one is for... 
it corrupts the nature of giving and it takes the love out of it praise god takes the love out of it another one is the issue of the hundredfold the hundredfold return you know sometimes people say stuff like you know it's time to give an offering and they say as you give this seed i want you to believe god for a hundredfold harvest or somebody comes and prays over the the money and as the blessing prays, say oh god as they have given let them have a hundredfold return on this giving in jesus everybody shouts amen did you know that god first nobody has gotten a hundredfold return on all they are giving nobody has and in actual fact nobody will besides god never promised us that god didn't promise us a hundredfold return on your giving he didn't you say he did no he didn't he didn't there are two places a hundredfold was spoken of one was in mark chapter 10 the other was in mark chapter 4 mark chapter 10 from verse 28 to 30 the bible says then peter began to say unto him lo we have left all follow thee and jesus answered and said verily i say unto you there is no man that has left houses or brethren or sisters or father or mother or wife you know he didn't say wives or children or lands my sake and the gospels but he shall receive an hundredfold in this time of houses and brethren and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecution and in the world to come eternal life jesus was talking about those like people who go on the mission field like the disciples did they left their families they left their houses and they were devoted entirely to the cause of christ and he said they will receive a hundredfold for doing that that wasn't talking about giving an offering that's talking about people because of the call of god on their lives they had to commit their all to the cause of christ that's what he's talking about then i never read where paul had a hundred houses i never read where peter had a hundred houses and if he did the bible would have told us but was jesus lying there no he wasn't lying what was he talking about now for instance because of the cause of christ some have had to look at brother hagin right there was a time he was gone on field ministry because the lord led him to for about nine years 85 percent of the time he was away from home sometimes 50 51 weeks out of 52 in a year he was out ministering but you know something look there are people here who he's just as much their grandfather they're much as much they're just as much family to him as his biological father as his biological fa family is to him isn't it so he's got fathers brothers sisters sons grandsons all over the world all over the world so that's what he's talking about he's not talking about okay you left one house okay how many houses did you leave for the gospel oh you it was three you left let's bring your calculator bring your calculator let's multiply okay how many sheds did you have to leave at home because of the call of god okay how many cars did you have to leave at home let's value them where's your casio calculator casio won't do it let's get a better calculator let's get scientific and then you start punching and doing addition subtraction division multiplication no that's not what it was about do you see that the context there eh, that led peter peter actually asked the lord a question let's go back to that scripture so you see the the full context of it mark chapter 10 mark chapter 10 
Mark 10. If you read from verse 20, okay, there was a man that came to Jesus, you know, verse 18. And Jesus said unto you, Why callest thou me good? There is none good but one, that is God. The man had asked in verse 17, What shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So that was his question. In verse 19, Thou knowest the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not kill. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Defraud not. Honor thy father and mother. And he answered and said unto him, Master, all these things have I observed from my youth. Now, don't forget something. As of this time, the man was asking, How can I inherit eternal life? So Jesus said, Keep the commandments. As of that time, the new birth was not available redemption had not been consummated it's like sometimes people go to matthew 25 where jesus said to some people you know i was hungered you didn't clothe me i was naked you didn't feed me you know uh, i was in prison you didn't visit me go to my left and then because uh you did this for me go to the kingdom prepared for you and some people seem to use that to say that if you have good works you can go to heaven no that was before redemption that was before redemption that was before the cross as far as god's plan of salvation in the old testament was concerned yeah righteousness was based on the law on them keeping the law so that this is what jesus was talking about here this is not the new covenant hadn't started nobody inherits eternal life by keeping the ten commandments you can keep the ten commandments and if that's all you do yes and nothing more the person is still a child of the devil that's clear right how does somebody inherit eternal life now in this dispensation is by believing in his heart that god raised jesus from the dead confessing with his mouth that jesus is his lord and now really if you get saved and you have the life of god in your spirit this you bring forth fruit to meet for repentance isn't it amen verse 20 and answered said unto him master all these things have i observed from my youth then jesus beholding him loved him and said unto him one thing thou lackest Go thy way, sell whatsoever thou hast, and give to the poor, and thou shalt have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. And he was sad at that saying, and was and went away grieved, for he had great possessions. And Jesus looked round about and saith unto his disciples, How hardly shall they that have riches enter into the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words. But Jesus answered again and saith unto them, Children, how hard is it for them? that trust in riches to explain what he's talking about he's talking about people that trust in riches joseph of arimathea was a man of some means who got jesus's body god is not saying you can't be a man of means that's not what he's saying but he's talking about people that trust in riches that love riches you know to enter into the kingdom of god it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle there was a door called the eye of a needle that people passed through camels couldn't pass through it so it was saying it is easier for a camel to go through a, 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 the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of god and they were astonished out of measure saying among themselves who then can be saved and jesus looking upon them saith, with men it is impossible but not with god for with god all things are possible then peter began to say unto him no we have left all and have followed thee so you see the context that's the context of that look we have left everything and followed you ah uh, anything for us you know you said that guy should leave everything and come and follow you uh, and that he'll be okay we we have left everything ah uh, uh, what's our own case going to be so he was talking here 
not about giving he was talking here about people committing their lives to the gospel as the call of god may require in certain situations that's what he was talking about he wasn't talking about getting times 100 of what you give okay another one we use now i'm not trying to dampen your faith not to believe god for a harvest to even say it's just a hundred you know times that god will give you back god may want to give you multiples more you know so i'm not dampening your faith about giving i'm just saying let's have realistic expectations based on rightly divided scripture will god bless us when we give yes he will when we give with the right motive and believe him he will but to turn the offering bucket into a money multiplying machine you know as if we are doing naira bet you know or is it bet niger <laughs> you know no that wouldn't be true the other one is a mark four where jesus was talking about the sower sweat the word some fell by the wayside some fell in, in stony places some, some fell among thorns and then some fell on good ground and those that fell on good ground bought forth fruit 30 60 and 100 fold so he's talking about the the seed there is not offering the seed there is the word of god the soil there is the heart of man it's about believers proposing to receive god's word in a honest and in a good ground and mix faith with god's word acting on that word and then that word bringing forth fruit bringing forth 100 percent yield in their lives bringing forth the full yield it possibly can that's that's what jesus was talking about hope that's clear it's like you plant a few seeds of maize that you get a hundredfold harvest doesn't mean you get times hundred of what you planted it just means you get a full you get hundred percent you get a full yield amen now will god bless us for giving when we give in line with his word and give with the right motives certainly but to tell somebody that if you're giving this offering now if you're giving this offering now before this month is over you'll be a millionaire put your money in your pocket don't give in that offering that's not good ground amen that's a gimmick praise god amen we have to rightly divide the word of god i talked also about this one about a friend of mine many many years ago many 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 years ago this must have been in the 90s you know how uh, a church he attended they had a guest speaker who claimed that he had an anointing that multiplies money and that will get people out of debt you know a money multiplying anointing anytime you hear that kind of a thing you know if you give in this offering within one day this will happen to you within three days this will happen to you it's a lie don't don't fall for it in fact that's those are reasons not to give at all that's a gimmick it's not true it's not true it's not true that's yeah, yeah those are high pressure tactics to get people to give will god bless people for giving he will you know i was somewhere one time somebody opened daniel 120 and now daniel was 10 times better and the person said that if anybody who gives in that offering will be 10 times better immediately i started thinking that well who did and he specified the amount they were to give i think it was a hundred dollars immediately i started wondering who did daniel give his hundred dollars we're not told all we are told is that in verse 8 he proposed in his heart 
that he will not defile himself with the portion of the king's meat nor with the wine which he drank and the bible says god wrote down letters to favor and tender love verse 9 with the prince of the eunuchs and the bible says that god gave them knowledge and skill in all learning and wisdom then he had understanding concerning all visions and dreams in verse 17 18 and then in verse 20 god at the end of the whole thing god gave them wisdom such that they were 10 times better i, I didn't see that nebuchadnezzar took an offering but you know if you saw the way people were lining up to give the hundred dollars i just shook my head so is there such a thing as a debt breaking money multiplying anointing really there isn't you see will people be blessed for giving they will be if they give with the right motive so getting people to activate that law of sowing and reaping they will be blessed is it possible that some people have given in some of those offerings and have been greatly blessed yes some gave with the right heart some gave trust in god but you see let's be careful about stretching some of these things we can you know one of the qualifications for the minister is that he must not be greedy for filthy lucre by the time i tell people that there's an anointing i carry and that that anointing will get you out of debt and will make you prosperous before the end of the year but that what activates that anointing is if you give especially if you give to me what am i setting myself up for people will just say that guy is a thief he's just out to take our money unbelievers will think so that may not be my intention but it can easily be so why don't we just stay away from those things amen and get careful about them another one people talk about is that you know proverbs 19 17 says he that giveth to the poor lendeth to the lord and that which he had given he will pay him back right so some people say that giving to the poor is not good roi return on investment you know that you're just lending to god ah no if you give to the poor you just lend to the lord at the best he will give you back what you lend to him but when you look for somebody with a special anointing and you give to that person then the money gets multiplied so there are grades and degrees of giving giving to the poor is a poor roi poor return on investment you're just lending god will give you back what you give to the poor so that giving to the poor thing is not a good idea at all but let's ask ourselves a few questions remember when peter you know had his boat and um jesus borrowed peter's boat some people say it's a sin to borrow jesus borrowed he borrowed peter's boat someone said well he paid him for using it he paid him after using it so he borrowed it so the time he was using it he was using it on credit if you want to call that payment he borrowed it let's just call it what it is amen the bible doesn't say don't borrow it says leave no debt outstanding except the mutual debt of love praise god to say it's a sin to borrow if you say it's a sin to borrow when god said we'll lend to many nations and we won't borrow then the people we are lending to are borrowing from us then they are sinning and those who go to battle those who wait by this stuff they'll part alike so you who is enabling somebody aiding and abetting someone to sin and the person that sinned you're just as guilty listen it's not a sin to borrow what god is saying is that we'll be so blessed that we won't need to borrow amen but let's say you need to borrow don't feel condemned about it are you listening to me but make sure you pay your debts in a timely fashion leave no debt outstanding except the mutual debt of love all right peter jesus borrowed peter's boat right after he finished using it you know to preach going on the boat it helped amplify jesus's voice the waters and all he pushed the boat a little bit into the water he helped him as he preached to the people then jesus told peter launch throw your nets 
he told him nets but peter if you check it he threw one net you know then the thing began to break then he said look i'm a sinner what is this now he lent his boat to the lord right was it just the boat that the lord gave back to him it wasn't just the boat he multiplied a catch for him well look at the boy that lent jesus his five loaves and two fishes he got back to a basket you know i wonder when jesus said they should gather the fragments what were they going to gather it for to sell it i bet maybe jesus said let's give it back to this boy you know, i don't think that's a poor return on investment so giving to the poor is not so we shouldn't think lowly of giving to the poor in matthew 25 when jesus said in that uh, parable he gave in that story he gave when he said i was sick and you visited me i was hungry you fed me i was naked you clothed me he said when did we do it he said as long as you have done it to the one of the least of these you've done it to me so jesus actually equated giving to the poor to giving to him yeah in the other another instance you know remember saul of tarsus who was persecuting the church jesus said to him saul saul why persecutest thou me who was he persecuting believers so you see jesus equated uh doing something to believers to doing it to him jesus equated taking care of the poor and the needy to taking care of him so to come up with the revelation that you see there are grades of giving you must look for someone with a high anointing if it's just the poor you give to all you will get back is what you gave that's not true amen hope that's clear you know another one is the issue of first fruits first fruits you know i tell you in the old testament there was an offering called first fruits went to the priests is there such an offering in the new testament i'm yet to see it the word first fruits does it occur in the new testament it does but the way first fruit was used in the new testament the bible talked about the first fruits of those that believed in achaia the first people who got saved there in corinth then the bible talks about the first fruits of the spirit amen the earnest of the holy ghost the down payment that there's still more to come yes we're going to have glorified bodies one of these days but we have the first fruits of the spirit in us now we have the holy ghost the seal the down payment ephesians 1 13 and 14 saying that there's still more to come thank god for that but first fruits there was no such offering as first fruits in the new testament now if you decide the first salary i collected in my life first salaries first set of salaries i collected in my life i gave them to my dad second set of salaries i collected in my life you know i took a good chunk of it and i gave it to my pastor he wouldn't take it i was just a student then that pastor said no i, I can't take it i said but i want to he said no i can't take it you know he said but i he said no he can't take it that he should be the one giving to me that he can't take it well that pastor ended up being responsive for my wardrobe he was extremely generous to me you know but you see my point is this is there sometimes you just maybe you get your first salary maybe january comes and you want to say okay my salary for the month of january i just want to give it to god if you want to fine but just make sure your children are not going to be hungry just make sure their school fees have already been sorted out just make sure you won't be thrown out of the house if you have all those things covered and you just want to honor god there's no scripture that says you should do you understand there's no scripture that says you should there's no such offering in scripture in the new testament and you see we can't make a new testament doctrine out of an old testament practice 
Was it an Old Testament practice? Yes, it was. Can we make a New Testament doctrine out of it? No, we can't. Now, is there a principle of giving and receiving? There is. So if you decide that every January as a custom, you take your salary and you give it in your church, will, will you be cursed by God for doing that? No. But, but, there's no scripture that says you should. There's no scripture that says you should. If someone is trying to obligate you to do that, uh, you understand what I'm saying? There's no scripture that says you should. If you willingly decide, oh, I'm going to take my first six month salary and I'm going to give it out, bless your heart. Just make sure you have all the other bases covered. If you're giving it all out and you're not able to eat and you're drinking Gary every time and you have pellagra, you know, you're, not, you're, you're dishonoring God in your body. If you're giving it all out and you're not able to take care of your children and your children are hungry or they are sent away because their fees haven't been paid, you're dishonoring God. You're bringing a ridicule to his name. And what you should give to take care of your obligation? Jesus told us in Mark 7, don't give it to God and say it's Coban. No, we are to do all of God's word. Don't just, let's take one part. Am I clear about that? So, what have I said? Is there an offering called first fruit in the New Testament? No, there isn't. Can we mandate people to give, you know, their first salaries or their, their January salaries or their first breakthrough? Really, there's nothing that says that. But if you decide that I want to do this just out of honor for God, praise God, you know, but to mandate someone to do that, I'm yet to see scripture for it. Please, if you see it, let me know. I'll be glad to know it. But I haven't yet seen it in the New Testament. Another issue is this issue about there, the fact that there's going to be an end time transfer of wealth. Proverbs 13, 22, the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just. And so money is going to come from work into the body of Christ. And then you have an uncle who is not saved. Just say, let him keep heaping up the money. The money is going to come to me. My friend, you better go and work for your own money. He may will his money to, to charity, to orphanage when he dies. This is money. You see, there's going to come a time during the millennial reign of Christ when those folks that didn't receive Jesus will be in hell, right? And then we'll take up everything on the earth, isn't it? Jesus will be here for a thousand years. But in this dispensation, hmm? <laughs> don't do long truth into someone else's money. It's just long truth. In 3 John 7, 3 John 7, you know, John was talking about how they went, taking nothing from the Gentiles. Paul talked about how he desired, he said, I desired yours. Talking to the Corinthian church, I, 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 I did not desire yours, but I desired you. So, the moment our attitude starts becoming, oh, so-and-so is rich, let's target him. Once we get him saved, then his money can come to the church as he starts giving. My friend, let's go and work for our own money. Some of those things are borderline covetousness. They're borderline covetousness. Amen. Hope I didn't bust too many bubbles. And hope I didn't kick too many secret cows. I could hear some of them shouting. For more information and inquiries, please visit our website www.remanigeria.com or you can reach us on 08100163948 or 08076576163.